Hey everyone, welcome to a special New Year's Mastermind Discussions Decoders of Truth podcast. Today, I'm joined by ancient researchers Billy Carson and Jay Campbell to discuss changes coming in 2021, archaeological wars, hidden history, and the age of Aquarius. So much is at stake right now for the future of humanity. Ancient sites around the world are being destroyed, esoteric teachings lost, and society is living in a perpetual state of fear. It's time to finally change this false narrative and rewrite our story. Hey guys, what is going on? It's Jay Campbell, and I'm extremely honored today to be joined by two literally legends in the alternative history, consciousness, vibration. I mean, you name it. These guys have done it all. I'm with Matthew LaCroix and Billy Carson. I'm going to go to Matt first. Matt, how are you, brother? Great. It's awesome to be here with these collective uh, minds that truly seek to move us forward with this paradigm. And Billy, how are you, brother? Fantastic, man. I'm so happy and excited and elated uh, you know, that you guys thought of enough of me to bring me on uh, to this uh, podcast. I, I really appreciate it. Of course, man. So um, both of these guys you know, have amazing books on Amazon. They have huge followings around the world. I mean, again, all the notes for who these guys are with their social links and their books will be in the notes and field when this podcast runs, of course, on YouTube and across all social platforms. But uh, I want to jump right into uh, the meat and bones of this conversation. And let me just first start off with just, you know, maybe drop our heads for a second and just, you know, give honor and praise to Gerald Clark, you know, who was really the onus of Matt and I launching this into, you know, the consciousness space. And of course, then connecting with Billy and Matt and Billy have an amazing relationship now. And we're going to be talking about the book that they're writing together, but uh, to the professor. To Gerald. To Gerald. He will truly live on. Um, and for those who don't know, we've, Jay, Billy, and I did uh, several different videos in the past where we, you know, talked about him and honored him and discussed his work. But, um, you know, honestly, we wouldn't all be together here today right. if it wasn't for Gerald. So yeah, that's, that's right. just one little tiny thing that he contributed. Ger tiny. Gerald is Gerald is responsible for all three of us right now. This vibration that all three of us are sharing across the yeah. world, you know, because we're all in three separate different places. I mean, I know Gerald is watching us right now. Okay, so let me get into it with you guys. Now, obviously, for everybody watching today, I'm kind of going to be the moderator. Um, Billy and Matt are doing a lot of work together in the, in the consciousness and the alternative research space right now. And so I want to kind of interview them and pull out the best of them. So speaking of, you guys are writing an amazing book, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, from what I understand, it's going to literally be called The Epic of Humanity. Yeah. That's uh, the great. First off, that's the greatest title ever. <laughs> I'm glad returning, you like it. So it's about obviously returning to higher consciousness, and you know, while the dark forces, which are clearly all around us in the third dimensional realm right now, um, are keeping society distracted and living in fear, you guys are writing this book, and people like us are living on a higher fifth dimensional, you know, higher vibrational timeline. So you guys, I'll go to you first, Billy. What made you guys decide to write this book? You know, I had uh, really been a fan of Matt's work for a long time. Uh, he's somebody that I truly respect in this space. When I met him through Gerald Clark and really started studying his work and, and realizing he was a true uh, historian of these ancient texts. And as for me, I really you know, appreciate that because I'm a researcher that digs into the ancient texts. A lot of people will say, uh, try to regurgitate some of the information from the ancient past without ever going and researching it or reading it themselves. 
but Matt actually went and did the work. He went and read the tablets. He went and read the cuneiform, you know, tablets and the scriptures and the cylinder scrolls and the papyruses. And I respect that. And because of that, me and him were on the same kind of a frequency, you know, and then I flew out there to, uh, to Maine to meet up with him face to face and film some of a part of a documentary that I'm working on as well as sit down and just have a power with them face to face and figure out what we, what we can do together. And, you know, we decided collectively that, you know, we should co-write this book. And he came up with that phenomenal title, man. And I'm, I'm really pumped about this because I think it's going to be amazing. That's awesome. Well, both of you guys, you know, to credit, both of you guys are amazing researchers. I mean, Billy, you are the same way. I mean, and again, that's, of course, why you guys connected and vibed like you did. Um, Matt, you know, talk a little bit about how, how really important the work is going to be because, you know, to set up, obviously, the current construct, I mean, you know, this is, we're witnessing right now, as Billy and I were talking off the air, waiting for you to join the show, that we're which, witnessing right now in real time the 3D, 5D split. Like, it's literally happening where the lower vibrations of humanity are, you know, entrenched in whatever they're entrenched in, and the higher vibrations of humanity are creating, they're being courageous, they're doing service, they're loving, being the light, you know, again, the children of the light. Talk about why this book is so important because of that. Well, first, I just want to say thank you, Billy, those incredibly kind words. I feel the same for you. Um, it really is an honor to work with someone like you on the capacity, the capacity of, of that you have for understanding all of these concepts and taking all these really challenging, esoteric and mysterious topics and putting them together in a way where we can, we can objectively look at this evidence and not have any chains binding us to what we can and what we can't talk about. And in the end, really the goal of all three of us here and the goal of Billy and I with this book is we want to tell the entire story of humanity, right. not the story that we've been given in our Rockefeller history books, <laughs> but the story of what made us who we are, where we came from, the struggles and, and triumphs that got us to where we are, um, but also focus on what we need to know about, not just throw everything we can at you, but try to bring the most important pieces of the puzzle to understand and so Billy comes at this angle from really bringing his wealth of knowledge for many, many, many years of studying in. And I bring the, the connecting, like he said, we're going to have potentially more ancient writings than even the stage of time, maybe more than any other book in history. Wow. I know that's a very Beautiful. bold statement, but already in chapter one, there's something like six different ancient translations from the pyramid text to cuneiform tablets, to ancient Gnostic texts, and we're not done there yet. The goal of this book truly is to not only tell this story of humanity, but to create what you could say is like a time capsule of information to capture these ancient writings and this, and this important information in this, in this collective way where we can go through and preserve what is really dis disappearing all around us. And, may and many people may not know that. And we're going to go through some of those things in this discussion today. But we really are at an age of um, a really concerning time right now. Many people like Billy Carson, Jay Campbell have had YouTube channels for over five years now. And we've seen big changes in, those, in that time period where there's this um, attempt to try to censor right. a lot of misinformation. And I do agree that there is a lot of bad stuff on YouTube, this misinformation talking about things like flat earth and other things that are psyops and are really not accurate. And a lot of people are going to be mad at about me for saying that, but 
we're at this critical time where we need to separate out what's what what is truth and what is what is not real any longer and Billy and I worked really hard to try to uncover what that is. And so this book is an attempt to try to preserve those truths without having being held back, held back by any restrictions. So Billy and I are going to be doing this collaborative book where I do a chapter, then he expands and does a chapter that, ex, that it goes on top of that understanding. And then I, we continue down this, this narrative to tell this entire story. We're including the 200,000 year timeline. We're including ancient texts. We're including as much as we can in here, include God tables and names. And um, I'm yeah. really proud of the work that we're doing. I'm doing with Billy and I really um, am excited to see where this goes. Stepping on the shoulders of giants, Gerald Clark, are you listening? He's probably here right now. Okay, so I want to, because for, for purposes of uh, making this podcast as streamlined and as hard-hitting and as power-packed as possible, I'm going to push and go back and forth because Matt has prepared a very detailed, very concise amount of notes here that we could probably talk about all day, especially the three of us. But one of your t- uh, po- points is the destruction of the ancient sites around the world. Now, I think the majority of people over the age of 40 you know, have a pretty good understanding if we, if they can remember back to like the Persian Gulf War, right? And the Bush family and, you know, invading Iraq and Saddam's got bioweapons and all the nonsense that we were fed. But what's really happening? I'll go to you first, Billy. What's really happening with the destruction of all the ancient sites around the world? I really do believe that there is a, uh, a higher level on this hierarchy, this pyramid hierarchy that, you know, we're talking about the elite of the elite, you know, the out of the top 100 families that run the world, I'm talking about probably a few people you can fit on maybe one hand, you know, enough things on one hand that are overseeing and have claimed their own rulership over this planet and the people on this planet. Right. Uh, Not only do they fund all major governments around the entire planet by lending them money uh, that doesn't exist and collecting interest on money that never existed, they also then control things like their military forces, who goes to war with who. They fund both sides of every single war and have been doing that for eons. And now here they are realizing that because of the internet, because of cell phone technology and everything else that's going on, the information coming to the average person is instantaneous. Right. So before what they try to do was they try to shorten our lifespans, you know, right after the Tower of Babel incident, because they realize if we live long enough and we collaborate long enough, we can achieve anything. Right. Well, now they're realizing, well, even though they shorten their lifespans, all of a sudden, because of this instantaneous information, we can still get to that same level. We can still collaborate much faster. We can still join and put pieces of the puzzle together. And so what turned out to be what's supposed to be a tool of darkness, we end up turning into a tool of light and awakening millions and millions of people around the planet. So all of a sudden, it's like they're getting this knowledge too quick they're going to be going now, track, backtracking. These are the ancient sites that are given all the evidence. Right. And so what do they do? They get their fall guys. Who are the fall guys? These Taliban, Al-Qaeda people that were partly funded by the CIA and right. the Afghanistan uh, uh, military and so forth, uh, private service. And they have gone in and said, look, guys, um, we're going to continue to fund you under the table, but we need you to go in and demolish all these ancient artifacts because they're these artifacts are proof of ancient advanced civilizations, uh, ancient advanced technology, and also a system that was put in place to enslave mankind for, uh, you know, according to what they wanted, eternity. 
So I believe that they've gone and systematically hired these, you know, these ghouls to go in and literally destroy all the evidence that can, you know, we can go figure out for ourselves what happened in the ancient past. And more evidence of this is when I went to the Great Pyramid, uh, they told me that they're going to be closing off the area to get inside the Great Pyramid soon. And I said, why would they do that? Oh, uh, you know, it's unstable on the inside. Wait, this thing has been here for 30, 40, 50, who knows how many thousands of years, and all of a sudden it's unstable. And then and NASA has staked a claim owning the access to the inside of the Great Pyramid. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. You have the military around the Cairo Museum. I think it's just an attempt to destroy our, our connection to ancient, the ancient past. Well said. Uh, Matt, I'm going to give you these, all these sites, but you have detailed knowledge about. I'm just going to mention them. And I want, I want to literally go into from your comment why they're hiding this, why they're destroying all these sites. But Palmyra in Syria, obviously the gates of Nineveh in Iraq, which Gerald used to talk a lot about. You and Gerald and I had a lot of conversations. The Bamiyan Valley monuments of Afghanistan. Uh, and then um, the... Um, well, that's it. Basically, that what was found over 8,000 feet. So talk about all of those ancient sites and what is being done. Yeah. So the first thing I want to mention is these three are not the only three sites that have been uh, tampered with or destroyed or whatever have you. They're just three prominent ones that I, I wanted to pick out as examples. And what we're finding here is something very clever that they did, they realized. And I want to expand on what Billy said, because he did a great job there laying the framework for, for, for why this is happening and who's doing it. When we think of, we look at the past and certain sites around the world and information and how that's been carried through over time and how it's been hidden, we find that empires throughout history, especially the Roman empire, right. when they realized that they needed to control the message and they wanted to rewrite religion and create their own version of Christianity. The very clever thing that they realized they had to do, the first thing was they had a little housekeeping to take care of. They said, okay, well, we, if we write this narrative, we rewrite this narrative under the Holy Roman Empire with Constantine, the problem is we have all these ancient sites around the world with these, these ancient texts that really contradict what we're talking about. And these, these sites around the world that they don't really follow this, this paradigm. And so what do they do? Well, they went around the world with these armies. Egypt was one of the most famous examples. And they literally went through and destroyed and burned everything that they possibly could. And that didn't even include just text and destroying monuments. They gathered up enormous amounts of Gnostic people and ancient Egyptians and anyone that had affiliations with these pagan religions or anything that went against Christianity right, and they would right. burn them at the stake. They would stone them to death and all these various things. And before you know it, it was something very similar that, that we think of with um, St. Patrick's day with the cleansing of the Druids, they cleansed the world of anything that went against this narrative. And we're seeing the same thing happening today, but it's done in a very clever way. If, let's just say hypothetically that the U.S. government and, and, and other corrupt um, families around the world, places like um, you know the Rothschilds in, 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 in England and, and other groups around the world, let's say they all were like, okay, let's go around with big bulldozers and just run these over. You would have public outcry. With this age of the internet, you can't do things like that anymore. You have to be clever. And so right. what do they do? They just they, they use black budget funds as much as this might seem like a 
a wild conspiracy to a lot of people. I highly encourage people to be objective and go look into this to understand the truth. Right. There's a lot of darkness that still rules our world. Jane oh, mentioned yeah. that early on. Oh, yeah. We may be entering, going into the time of Aquarius in this time that's been prophesized as reaching higher consciousness, but we're more at odds than ever right now. Yeah. This is the point where there's the illusion that we're free, but really there's more constraints in certain areas than ever. Yeah. So what they, the really clever thing that they realized they could do was that they just covertly fund these certain terrorist groups around the world to do their dirty work, like Billy said. And those groups, those, the number two, there's two primary groups that were responsible for these, this destruction, and that is the Taliban and, of course, later ISIS. And like we talk about a lot these names, these are ancient names, just like the Nazis stole the swastika. Right. ISIS was an ancient fertility goddess of Egypt. Right. And then they took that name. And now when I'm in my phone and I want to send Billy a message that, that contains this ancient goddess of ISIS, it always changes it to ISIS capitalized. I'm like, no, no, no. That's the terrorist group. I want the ancient goddess name. And it keeps trying to autocorrect me because Think about how, how scary that is. Now, when people want to think of ISIS, they think of a terrorist group. Just like all, all these, these ancient, ancient esoteric symbols and, and names have been inverted to their opposite meanings, it's still happening today. So anyway, these three sites that I mentioned, they were, they were systematically destroyed by the Taliban and then later ISIS. But what's really perplexing about that is if you have a group like ISIS that wants to gain control and um, have like a military-like organization over the region and be this strange group, why would they have interest in going out, out of their way with their resources to go destroy these sites? Right. Why? What, what would that benefit them? It doesn't make any sense unless you think of it as this narrative where they're like hired goons, just like right. Billy said, yeah. to go in and do the dirty work for these individuals. Now, um, before I get to the gates of Nineveh, I want to just mention, so Palmyra, Syria was in one of these ancient sites that has both Roman architecture, but also much older architecture as well mixed in. And that's the problem with a lot of these sites is that we, you look at something like Baalbek, Lebanon, right. um, Temple of Jupiter, and you say, well, you go on, look online, you say, well, who built that? And it says the Romans built that. Right. Well, no, the Romans found it later and then built on top of it. Right. So the point I'm trying to make is, any of these ancient sites that are targeted for destruction means that they have ancient secrets yeah. and they have, they're connected to what is known as the lost high technology that these civilizations once had. Now sitting behind me, I want to explain this, this right here, because this is going to be very appalling to people who don't know about this. This is two images behind me, not one. It's two images from two different time periods. Okay. Now the, um, the, the image right here next to me, this was, um, this was taking pre-2001, and this is what it looked like. For those who don't know, this is a site that may have, I've never come across anyone discussing. And I got to give credit to my wife again who found this and, and passed it along to me. But when we're looking at ancient sites around the world, especially when you, you, you find um, carved out monuments in sheer rock with Buddha statues in them, that's connected to the Indus Valley civilizations. That was their God that they, that they worship this, this being, this great being of Buddha, this enlightened being. Well, 
when you look at um, ta- ancient Mesopotamian tablets like the Enki in the world, the world Order, you find that the name of this region they called Maluha. And what's important about this behind me is that this was the farthest that that civilization made it into Afghanistan. Now, for those who don't know, this is known as the Bamian Valley in Afghanistan. And I highly encourage people to go look it up. And what it is, is a series of two giant rock reliefs carved out of sheer rock, just like all those, the signature of those civilizations, perfectly laser cut out of this giant cliff rock with this giant Buddhist statue built inside it. Now, there are two Buddhist statues. One of them is 125 feet tall, and it represented the feminine aspect of the Buddha character. And the other one was almost, is almost 200 feet tall. And that's what's right behind me. Now, if you can, you can kind of see if you look at the image, but those are people meditating at the bottom of his feet. Right. Look how small they are. Yep. That's how enormous this statue was, which shows us that it's part of these lost civilizations. So what happened? Well, the t- um, basically in 2001, the Taliban came through with dynamite and completely destroyed this entire structure. And this is now what it looks like. Wow. So this Buddha statue carved out of a sheer rock cliff was found at over 8,000 feet in elevation. Okay. Right. How could what we're told of just some later Hindu culture, um, you know, three, 4,000 years ago, how could they possibly have created this? Right. The answer is they didn't. And it's part of this network of sites around the world that connect to paint a picture of our past, this picture of how significant these ancient sites were and what they were connected with this lost story. Um, and I want to just briefly touch on the gates of Nineveh before I have Billy jump in. But the gates of Nineveh is another extremely sad story. That is maybe one of, one of the greatest losses that we've had in, in modern history. The gates of Nineveh is um, an ancient city in Iraq that was very, very significant because Nineveh was the location of where the Ashurbanipal Library was, where the largest catch of cuneiform tablets in the world was ever found. And it was this beautiful gate coming into this old ancient temple. And ISIS went through and they bulldozed and destroyed the entire thing. It's gone now. And it's right. such a sad thing. And so I just want to mention, then that was destroyed in 2015 by ISIS. So the Taliban and then ISIS systematically went through, and, and these are not the only sites, there's many, many others, but they systematically went through and destroyed so much of ancient history. And when I talk to researchers like Brian Forrester and others and discussing the importance of these, it, the common theme that comes up is, and he hasn't said this, but others have mentioned is that, you know, you just can't get into these sites anymore. It's right. just, it was too dangerous. And that's the very idea, right? Create some war in the region so nobody can get in there and then go secretly go through and destroy everything. Yep. So it's a very sad, it's a very sad thing to, to have happen. Beautiful, Matt. Um, what, what triggers me, you know, to that statement, and I know we're going to get to this before the end of the show, but uh, you know, the, the, these ancient, you know, monolithic monuments that were created by high technology, again, before the recent, you know, attributions like the Roman empire, you know, I think of Machu Picchu, right. You know, and the whole sacred Valley and all of those amazing monuments that are all at 9,000 and 10,000 foot elevation, like every single one of them. Right. And I've been there and I've been, you know, spent there. I mean, I have all these pictures on my wall that are all from Machu Picchu, but it's the same thing. Um, Billy, let's talk about, again, you, you know, and Matt, you mentioned it. Um, there's obviously a conspiracy, Okay, okay, you know, for people that you know want to, don't want to hear that. I mean, obviously, the people that watch us are already way beyond that. But there's a conspiracy of elites 
to safeguard this information from the masses, from us, from people awakening to, again, this, this golden age of high technology and all this great prosperity and abundance that was clearly on the earth. You know, some of the um, things that, you know, you guys mentioned, Matt put on the notes are obviously the Vatican archives. I mean, that's a whole show in and of itself. The National Museum of Baghdad, which was raided and looted, right, back during the Bush administration. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, the Smithsonian. God, I can't wait to hear you guys talk about the Smithsonian. You know, every, th every time I think of the Smithsonian, I think of the Raiders of the Lark Lost Ark episode where they show that giant warehouse with all those boxes and they put exactly. the Ark of the Covenant in there. That's the Smithsonian, right? And then, of yeah. course, the Shoyan collection. But, Billy, I'll go to you. Why? Why are they preventing this knowledge and this awareness to get out to humanity? Yeah. The thing about this whole uh, suppression of information is because it, once you rob somebody of their true history, then you can't control them. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, for example, I mean, most African-Americans, we're Americans, we've been robbed of our true ancient past or our true right. ancestral history. And because of that, we just lean on whatever's given to us, to be quite honest with you. Sure. And it's kind of put us in this um, mental enslavement type of a situation along with everybody else. But we are a little bit deeper than most. Unfortunately. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? And yeah. so and people, why don't you just snap out of it? It's 400 years. You can't really just snap out of it like that. You know, it's in the epigenetic memories. Right. And so by them ripping this information and keeping it away from the, the, the citizens of the world, every, every generation that keeps coming out and keeps coming out, has been deprived of this information and right. getting the fake story. Exactly. And those fake stories go into the epigenetic memories, which are stored in the DNA in the body. And that can persist for up to 20 generations. So the work that we're doing now, it's going to create a ripple in space time that's going to affect future generations in the third dimension. So we're talking about 20 generations from now are going to feel the full-blown effect of what we're doing today. Beautiful. That's why we have to consistently put this information out and keep digging for as much truth as we can possibly get because the elites want to suppress it because that by suppressing it and giving us the fake or the false information, they mix a little bit of truth in there. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? They do a little, little dabble with the guy with the salt. <laughs> they do a little dabble, put a little bit of salt in there, you know, and then they stir it around, man, with a whole bunch of fake stuff, and then we eat it. And now we're all screwed up and they know that. And then they just got us running in circles, man. They just got an sitting back laughing at us, you know? Uh, so that's what it's all about. It's a control system. And man, it's so, it's really well thought out. And the thing about them is they plan for millennia. They don't plan for tomorrow. They know humans are going, you know, on Friday when I get paid, I'm going to do this. They're talking about, you know, in 3,000 years, I'd like to see this happen on the planet. It's a different way of thinking. Don't hate the player, hate the game, right? <laughs> <laughs> for real man that's what's going on they are multi-dimensional way in front of us i mean remember matt gerald used to say we we're talking about beings with 12 to 1500 iqs mm. 10 to 15 times a standard human being walking around the planet so billy just brilliantly said it exactly right they are so out calculating us now again i don't want to make it seem like we can't take our power back as children of the light but yeah i mean the, the game that they are playing is so incredible like i just think of like even what's happening right now and i don't want to rabbit hole but like think about what's happening right now right now in washington dc there's like three to five million people mm. and they're you know 
with the again the the, the, the negative energy vibration you know it's like people are like are you watching it i'm like no i'm not watching it. i'm not gonna put myself in it i've opted out of all that but to the point billy just said it that's what they want yeah that's yeah. the frequency that low vibrational that dissonant hum mm -hmm. that is attracting everybody to the fight yeah you know yeah. to the struggle mm -hmm. it's incredible man yeah man Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jay Campbell. Quick commercial for the Optimized Tribe with U.S. Navy SEAL Michael Jaco and I every Monday night at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. There is not a single group online where you will get the highest level intel that Michael and I can provide you from mastering intuition to fully optimizing your hormonal health to improving your fitness, to raising your vibration and increasing your consciousness. There isn't a single group online with two dudes like Michael and myself helping people become the best version of their self. It's literally $99 a month and you get a 90 minute call with me and Michael every single Monday night. Don't wait another second. Sign up now at the link, theoptimizedtribe.com. I appreciate you guys and I send you tremendous love and light. I'll just expand on what Billy said. Um, remember this important quote because it, it really explains this entire thing. And this really connects, I guess you could say to the Romans and then those handlers later on that came after, but he who controls the past controls the future right. and he who controls the present controls the past. Yeah. That's how this game works. That's yeah. how, that's why all of this is being done. It's to control yeah. the narrative. But then at the same time, they know there's all these anomalies around the world that just don't make sense with this narrative. You know, if you go to Cairo, Egypt, you go to Abu, Abu Sir, an ancient pyramid site there that most people have never even heard of you find perfectly round drill holes right as well as in places like south america and through right. all throughout uh, egypt actually these perfectly round drill holes that are beyond what any human hand could ever create the only way you could get that is with some kind of machine and then at the same time these giant blocks like in the valley temple we've seen machine cuts these lines across them that is, would only be possible with some giant diamond tip blade. The point I'm trying to make is those things are all staring at us. They're all there for this inquisitive mind to find. And we have all these people that have gone in. And I love these, right? If you don't have a chance to visit an ancient site, somebody does some 360 video around and you can sort of look around these places. And you're like, wow, you know, I feel like I'm sitting here and looking at that. Yeah. Well, that's available real time for anyone who wants to see it. So then... So how do you prevent anyone from going to see those things? You just create all these distractions and illusions and deceptions and keep everybody focused on all of these things that don't really matter, you know? Right. Worrying about which candidate is going to become right. the next leader, whereas it's all just controlled and corrupted right. at the very Stage top and it's part of the same system. Yeah. Yeah. None of this stuff is what we think of it is it's, it's great. It's a great illusion of free will and choice. And really we're just being led around like sheep. Like I say, with a farmer, with a carrot when, and we're really never obtaining anything. It's, it's not until you can step outside that farm to look back at it, to truly understand what's going on. And then once you get out of that farm and you're on the, the other side of that fence, there's not a lot of other animals out there right. that have made it. And so you're looking around, you're like, where is yeah. everyone? And, yeah. and there's not really anyone to talk to. And all those animals are like, look at him out there. What is he doing? We have all this food given to us. I don't understand why they're running free in that field and in, in the sunshine. That's the kind of situation we're in is that we need to break this cycle of control and mm -hmm. open up people's minds to the possibilities of everything. 
Look at what we're part of. We're in a vast universe with billions of star systems and planets. We're this tiny little blue speck that has had this incredible history and we're fighting over all these things that don't really matter and are so minor, minor in the grand scheme of things. And so Jay, Billy, and, and I, and many, many others that are at the forefront of this, we have to remember, nobody else in the mainstream is going to do this. No. We're waiting for someone to like come on TV and be like, all right, guys, you know, we're going to just lay it out there and finally tell you, I'm sorry about all the lies in the past. All right, here we go. You know, we've decided it's time. No right. one's going to do that. It's right. up to us to change this paradigm and to make those ripples that really matter to the future. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask both you guys, because there's a lot of, po- you know, one of the next topics is positive changes around the world, which I talk about all the time, right? I've probably said this 10 times this week and in, in various streams and podcasts and to my community, but the golden age is already here, right? Technologically, there's so many, uh, you know, observations of it, right? Like if you can just take advantage of it, free energy, biomedical enhancements, like even the company that I own, right? Like we sell a peptide cream that literally revitalizes your face. You know, there's stuff out there that can completely heal the body. So it's already out there in like bits and pieces. But let me ask you guys this, and I really want both of you guys to go deep on this as long, you know, as, long as we don't go really rabbit hole. Matt, you talked about in the Smithsonian. I mentioned the Smithsonian, the whole, you know. Yeah, I want to talk about those before we move on too. Oh, yeah. Uh, So the Nephilim skeletons, right? So, Billy, I'm going to go to you first. Like, Mm -hmm. what are, in your opinion, right? I know we're all just hypothesizing educated-wise, but who are the Nephilim skeletons? What are the Nephilim skeletons? And are they the kind of, like, ancestors of the real control, you know, ownership elites, whatever you want to call them, Illuminati, royal families, are, are they kind of the ancestors of who's still in power right now here on this planet? Go to you first, Billy. I think they're definitely still in that bloodline um, based off of the ancient tablets from what I've been able to gleam and understand. It seems as if these uh, Nephilim, there's some of these bones may be actual Anunnaki because these Anunnaki people were not immortal and that they could not be killed. They can actually right. be killed. Right. And some of them may be this you know, after the great flood, they want to have a liaison between themselves and human beings. Right. So they would create these demigods. So there would be, it would be a half human and half Anunnaki uh, ruler or king. Uh, and, and most likely, in my opinion, some of those may have been the initial offspring of Nephilim uh, and then whoever they gave birth to. But it seems to be that there were a couple different versions of these giants. Some were direct Anunnaki. Some were these half-human, half-Anunnaki, or these demigods. And then some were some kind of genetic, um, uh, I guess, I don't want to call it a mistake, but some of these giants only had one eye. Some of them were uh, kind of malformed or deformed in various different ways, whether it was mental mental disabilities or or other. Uh, So there were some really high intelligent Nephilim, and there were also some giants that, for whatever reason, were almost like uh, genetic mutations and weren't really fully uh, cognizant of who they truly were, where they came from. But I do believe that that bloodline is still the same line running along through till today. Because you look at the Sumerian Kings list prior to the flood, and then you see the flood come and the Emerald Tablets, it talks about then, let's go back out, let's go to the land of Kim and re-kickstart civilization. They make (laughs) that the home base. From there, Egypt, after after the, the Kemetic era is over, we start the dynastic era, they start to get overthrown by many different people. They get right. overthrown seven times. 
this, those, those pharaohs and those families go across Arabia, migrate up into Europe. They create a new monarchy. Now you've got the same monarchical society again. Right. And that ends up uh, from John Lackland's bloodline being related to most of, not all, but most of the presidents of the United States. The rule of kings, yeah. Yeah, rule of kings. Go. It just gives you this small, you know, breadcrumbs here saying, wait a minute, you know. Uh, and then they found the book of Jesus's wife, which they never talk about. It's at Harvard Library right now. Right. right. And so he most likely got married and may have even had kids. So the Merovingian bloodline may I was just going to say the Merovingians, man. That's it. Yeah. You just hit it. Yeah. You know. Okay, so Matt, Billy, beautiful man, amazing. This is, we're really tying a lot of things here together. So I want for people that are of the literal scriptural, you know, the God spell, as Gerald would say, like, I want you to tie that together with Billy just said with the fallen angels, right? Because people will hear that terminology and then, you know, listen to us talk about the Anunnaki and the Nephilim and kind of like say, okay, well, tie it together. So can you tie that together so people can really follow here what we're talking about? Yeah, so- it really is the lost connection back to our origins, but also some of the things that have happened in the past, because it's not that we're all Nephilim. It's right. that there were things that happened in the past where the Anunnaki gods, as the story tells it, became, um, they intermingled with human women and they created these giant offspring. They right. were basically like half Anunnaki, like, like Billy said. And that those remnants have carried on but i want to go backwards so people understand where this started please so in one of the chapters in the book that billy and i are writing the epic of humanity i'm going to be talking all about it's it's the chapter is literally about the nephilim and about some of the new information that is that i've come up with that is really just incredible talking about king og and the sons of anak and all these things but um what it what the best piece of evidence we have for understanding how this all started, or at least one of the best pieces comes from the book of Enoch. And there's actually a chapter called the book of giants. And it yeah. mentions how there were 300 of these higher being Anunnaki that started here when, it, when they came and 200 of those 300 became fallen and they came down onto Mount Hermon, which is right. in Lebanon. Yes. What's amazing about that is Lebanon is the location, or it's the same country in the, in the, in the same area as Baalbek. Now, yep. Baalbek is where we find the perfection of this ancient high technology to where there are blocks that were, have been laid, single blocks in Baalbek, Lebanon, that are over 1,000 tons. Can't be lifted with our technology right now. Yeah, and I was just watching a great show the other day where they were comparing, well, how big are those blocks in comparison to the, the trucks and the construction vehicles we have today? And they showed this, they, they interviewed this uh, quarry worker that had these giant backloaders, and he was talking about how they can, put in these giant trucks, they can fit about 50 tons, 50 tons in one of these trucks. And he said, if you want to go over 50 tons, you need a crane. But even the cranes are limited in, in a lot of those capacities as you get bigger than that. But, so in Baalbek Lebanon, we have a block that's almost 1,100 tons. If you were to try to lay trucks on top of each other in buses, it would be like an entire parking lot full of giant vehicles that would equal that amount. So I digress, getting back to what I said, in the book of Enoch, it mentions that these fallen angels descended down, descended from higher dimensions into our reality onto Mount Hermon, and then spread apart this knowledge and created these civilizations around the world. 
And those, but how that connects to the Nephilim is that they were known as the fallen angels that came down because they decided to go against these rules that exist. There are rules that exist for creation. Okay. And it's mind boggling for some that don't know that. Right. But there's a lot of ancient texts that mention that there are these defined rules. If you are a creator, if you are a creator being, which may be really what the universe is full of. It's not what we, I don't think it's what we think. I don't think you would fly around and see industrial polluting civilizations all over the place. I think that these groups reach certain states where they literally don't even need to become physical. It's, I think it's like some, it's almost gets into like a science fiction like realm, but remember we are consciousness that is non-physical. It's just energy that's in a physical temporary mortal body here. Okay. Avatar. What really makes exactly what really makes us who we are is our experience here. And then, the ability to not lose the identity of who we really are and to think that we're just fearful in this mortal body and that that's going to be it. So what are the Nephilim? Well, these fallen angels, these 200 Anunnaki fallen angels that descended to Mount Hermon, they decided that human women were just beautiful. It was something that they just could not, um, get past. And, and I even think that it was, it was more about like this jealousy over controlling bloodlines here. Sure. So then someone would, you know, have, have sex with some woman here and then another group would. And before you know it, these bloodlines appear in these different civilizations and they have giant Kings. Yeah. And like Jay and, and Billy mentioned, it wasn't that there were just regular um, civilians in society. that were giants just walking around, like, you know, doing their daily activities. These, these bloodlines that had connections back to these Nephilim, these ancient Anunnaki gods, they were put into places of power. And that was mentioned before particular places of power as being like a liaison between them, but not all of them, like Billy said, not all of them were some of them just sort of wandered the earth after the great deluge. And I've mentioned this before, but when Magellan was sailing down through, um, the circumnavigating the world when he was down in Patagonia, they had examples where they came across giants down there. They call, they, they recorded over, they were over 10 feet tall. Now Magellan was subsequently killed in the Philippines before he could get home, but his records did make it back. And there was detailed records in those logs talking about those giants, but that information vanished. And then around the world, systematically, we saw these discoveries being made all around the world from Mesopotamia with great um, skeletons being found to places like the United States, Wisconsin, down through the Mississippi Valley. These, the indigenous cultures of those regions had stories of these redheaded giants, just like we find in Ireland and in England, all over the world, these redheaded giants with these specific bloodlines that were, that were truly giants. And it wasn't like, you know how, and I know people are going to go here, right? They say, well, I saw in the, gen- the, the Guinness Book of World Records this guy that was the tallest in the world because of some deformity in his yeah. genetics that made him tall. Robert Wardlow is his name. Exactly. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about specific genetics that are just giant genetics that come from somewhere else. I just did a show with Brian Forster the other day where he was talking about these elongated skulls that are found around the world from Paracas, Peru, sure. and all the way into Egypt. They've tested them. And they found that they're, they're, they contain non-human DNA. Yeah. DNA that's not shared by any of, the, any of the groups in the region at all. In fact, a lot of it can be traced back to the Black Sea, Turkey area. 
So the point I'm trying to make is these skeletons were found around the world. United States, they were finding them in these huge mounds, like tombs, basically, these right. mounds that they were buried inside because they obviously had a great stature in the past. So they get found, they get put into newspaper articles and they get and people see them like, whoa, look at that guy staying next to that giant skeleton. And then poof, they're gone. Gone, yeah. They just disappear. Yeah. And Jay Campbell nailed it on the head when he gave that Indiana Jones comparison. You have these situations where these giant um, back rooms are just filled with artifacts that don't belong with our narrative. And so what happens? Oh, well, they, they'll eventually get cataloged. They'll just, you know, we're putting them back there temporarily. But what we find is a systematic attempt around the world by these elites to just simply take these things and they don't always destroy them because there's some respect there. They just hide them. They keep them locked away somewhere. And those, the, the four locations I want to mention where, well, three, but then one that I can add to it is the Vatican archives, the national museum of Baghdad, Iraq, which Jay mentioned, which was raided by us soldiers in 2013, us right. soldiers went Incredible. in were seen carrying all kinds of statues and things out. And then they just disappeared. And then of course the Smithsonian with, all of these giant skeleton statues that have just all disappeared. And I mean a lot. If you do research on it, something like over a hundred different giant skeletons have been found that all disappeared. Yeah. And there was, so there's a huge controversy there. But the last one I want to mention that I don't think most people have ever heard of, and this is just further, further fuel for the fire. It's called the Skoyen Collection. And that's S-H-O-Y-E-N collection. I highly recommend people go look into what that is. But what it is, it's the largest private collection of antiquities and ancient texts in the world. And where they got them from is what makes this so telling. They're, they're artifacts that were obtained on the black market from, pe from other people and terrorist groups that went in and raided these places and then sold them. But instead of um, giving them back, they have hoarded them in this giant private collection that's shared between Oslo, Norway and London, England. And it contains almost like extensive amounts of things that we don't even fully know everything that's in the library. But the point I'm trying to make is a lot of countries later on, like Iraq and Egypt have come forward and have said, look, these things were illegally taken during civil war periods and sold. We want them back. They're part of our cultural heritage and they've been refused. Wow. None of these artifacts have made it back to, to the best of my knowledge. And it just shows you that we have a situation where anything that doesn't go along with this narrative, it's either hidden away, it's thrown into um, a, a world of deception where you make, a, you make you think it's not real. Like, for instance, a lot of the ancient terms we talk about in tablets, it's been made believe that none of it was even real. And then we're, we're reading it directly out of these things. So we have a situation where... Billy and I and, and others are, and Jay and others are trying to come to bring this stuff back and preserve it because we're losing so much of our ancient history. And before yeah. long, we're going to end up in a paradigm that is, is completely not real. And we're really moving towards that. Guys, this podcast is phenomenal. I just texted my wife and said, wow. Um, let, let me just ask you guys both. And, you know, this is a question that, you know, guys like us talk about it indirectly, but we'll talk about it directly right now. But going to go to you, Billy, like, is this Anunnaki negative, whatever it is, you know, is it, you know, is it could be AI. We hear all this, you know, what's going on right now. We're clearly seeing AI 
And I know one of the bullet points we're going to talk about is transhumanism and where they're attempting to take this at some point in the show. But, you know, is this controlling force, these ruling families, these, you know, archons, whatever you want to call them, are they here in this third dimensional space time or are they hyperdimensional and they are ruling from beyond? Your thoughts, Billy? You know, there could be a couple um, um, answers to that question. One answer is I do believe that they, they actually walk amongst us. I truly do believe that they, they are walking amongst us right now. And um, you, you wouldn't be able to even tell you were standing next to one of them at this point. Uh, and, you know, I, I, when I was in the remote viewing course with Major Ed Dames, me and him had extensive talks. We sat and talked for almost 13 hours straight one day. Nice. Yeah, incredible conversations. And he said that there's a base down in Antarctica, which I knew about because we have all the research facilities sure. all around that area. But these beings are still down there and they go and come as they please. And, and all the governments of the world know this and there's nothing they can do to stop them. Right. So I believe that they're walking amongst us right now. Then I also believe there may be another group totally separate from this the Atlantean Anunnaki's that may be uh, multidimensional or multi-universal. Uh, and what that means is, well, you know, uh, universes, I believe that there's a multiverse and everything is really stacked on top of each other. Sure. And the only thing that stops you from accessing that other dimension or that other universe is a frequency. Right. So we're, we're, our atomic frequency is set to, our subatomic frequency is set to this third dimension in, in this universe. But what's to say, uh, a four million year old advanced civilization. Okay, <laughs> we're only a couple. We're on, we're barely a hundred years old in terms of technology. Sure. Forget about the two hundred thousand we've been here trying to use bones and stuff. So a four million year old advanced civilization now figured out. Oh, we can phase shift our subatomic frequency and move into other dimensions or move into other universes. We can time travel. We can do all these crazy things. And uh, you know there could be people, you know, breaking temporal laws right. and even engaging in our civilizations and engaging mankind, violating all different types of rules and laws that have been set, like Matt said, that have been set up, you know, um, you know, and when you look at Star Trek, they have the same kind of laws and rules in place, even though that's science fiction, you know, they got it from somewhere. It just makes yeah. logical sense, you know, right, right. But there's got to be these rules and these laws in place not to not to tinker with these um, less advanced civilizations. Uh, you know, so but I believe there, there has been tinkering going on possibly from two separate groups, a physical group in the third dimension and maybe a multi-dimensional uh, or multi-universal group uh, that may, they may be two totally separate groups. Right. Beautiful. Well said. I mean, I, I kind of want to just mention to Matt, I don't want to rabbit hole because we have about 30 minutes left and we have the important stuff to talk about, which is like where we're going. Yeah. Um, do we want to mention, you know, this so many people talk about it. You know, we've talked about it on shows. Billy's mentioned it. You guys talk about it. You know, the reptilian consciousness. Now, is the reptilian consciousness what Billy just said, this out of our realm or out of our space-time, um, you know, group beings, you know, you know, maybe an energy that, you know, is like affecting this, you know, people in this third-dimensional vibration? I mean, just to mention it before we go on, what do you think? You asking me, Jay? Yeah, I'm asking you, Matt. Well, you know, the more that I've delved into that, it's, it's a difficult topic. I think a lot of people, and this is just my opinion. That, sure, know, sure. Anyone who believes what they want, that's fine. But when I've studied this and I've really looked into it, there's definitely the possibility that there are beings that could fall under that 
type of category that maybe are invisible that we can't perceive. But I think when I use, think of that term, I really think of the primitive left brain. And I really think of this aspect where we are constantly conflicted with the aspect of having parts of us that are primitive. Right. I think, and I think that's why we have all these what are known as primitive urges or demiurges that we are constantly battling. Because I think because we're a combination of two completely different things, we have this, we do have this mammal ape side of us that is like right. the blueprint of us. But then right. we also have this divine God stance that was this, this spark and this um, transience of energy that is beyond anything that any anything on this planet is even capable of. We are truly, I believe, like gods in a, in this physical mortal body. And the great trick is to make us believe that we're not. Right. When I think that's the most difficult thing for people to wrap their heads around is the idea that we're extremely important. And what I mean important, I mean that it may be so important what happens to us. And this isn't, this isn't an egotistical thing just because we're humans. Sure. But I really believe that everything I've studied, everything that I've looked at says that even though the universe is vast and there may, the Fermi paradox, ex, things like that, and the Drake equation explain that there are likely civilizations all throughout, space is vast and solar systems are, are vast and where we, what we are and what we're part of may be so much more important than we understand. Even though the earth is just this blue speck in the middle of an endless cosmic ocean, we may be the great experiment that may be determining the entire future of of consciousness in in the multiverse because we don't know how extensive this experiment is. And what I mean by experiment, when you read cuneiform tablets and a lot of other ancient texts, they specifically talk about how these fallen angel beings came here and they essentially disrupted this reality and they wanted to create these beings that were in their image, just like Genesis says, created in their image. And we were created here to essentially be workers in this physical reality. Right. But the problem was that we became way more advanced than we were supposed to because of certain conflicts that, that arose with these creator gods. And it's the common story that everyone should know that's inherent now is that one of these creator gods or multiple ones of them fell in love with their creation. And I'm not talking about the prime creator of everything. Right, right, right. This right. throughout every spiral and every mathematical calculation. But free will exists everywhere. And the idea behind free will is that you can do anything you want as long as you let that being make its own choices. And so the idea is that we are beings that have been tricked into believing that we're not important. Right. Whereas where we might be actually be so important that it may be a complete factor in how this entire experiment in, in consciousness in a physical body of like a godlike state turns out. So think about this for a minute. What would happen if we destroyed ourselves? Just destroyed ourselves right now. We don't know. That's the scary thing that I, wanna, I want people to understand. We may be so critical to this story and, and what we turn into, what right. we become in right. the future, that some have even surmised, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch this because people want me to stretch sometimes, and I will. I'm not afraid to, okay? Oh, don't worry. I got something coming for you when you're done. <laughs> is that we may actually be beings, for, uh, physical beings here that become something great in the future. Right. I mean something so significant that 
what we are in the future may already exist now. And they may have come back to try to make sure that this goes the way it should. Right. Because if it doesn't, those who are trying, who I believe some of those who are here trying to help things right now, they may not exist if we, right. if we destroy ourselves. That's awesome, we Matt. So well, keep Go going, keep going. No, keep going. I so just- we don't really, we don't fully know how important we are. But every indication that I've come up with after looking at all of this is that we may literally be the keys to everything. And why do I say that? Look at all the interest that's been played up, played up on our story and, and all throughout history. I called my last book The Stage of Time because it truly seems like this is a great stage where we're being monitored and watched and influenced right. by all around us. It really may be like a giant cosmic reality show to say, to sit back, and, but not always sitting back, right? And be watching this and be like, how do these gods in mortal physical bodies, do they ever reach their divinity or do they destroy themselves? Let's sit back and watch it. But then others are like, no, 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 no. We can't allow them to reach that state. That's going to destroy our story. So we'll influence them to make sure they don't reach that state. I truly believe that just like religion has mentioned, there's a great war in heaven. There's a great war in the, in the dimensions over how this story turns out. And right now, us talking about this and bringing all this lost wisdom back that the ancients were trying to tell us, the significance that what we really are and the choices we make every day in life may truly ripple out to to aspects that we truly, we, we can't understand. And so I like to bring it back so that we understand how important we are in the decisions we're making. Because I think if people had that kind of mindset, that what they do matters and that they could become anything they want and potentially literally impact the entire story of humanity, it changes your daily activities and, and how you want to, what you want to aspire to in the future. And so I really truly feel like that there's a great battle here in our reality that we can't understand or see because we have such a, a very limited perception of what what's exists out beyond us. We only have this very, very narrow viewpoint of the seven colors of visible light spectrum, but we just can't see anything that's going on around us. And so it's very easy to fall into that deception that we are just an animal fighting amongst one another. Matt, that was so beautiful. I lost my train of thought, but I wanted to say what you basically just said was, you know, the great Pierre Sabak and his two books, Holographic Culture and The Murder of Reality, he talks about exactly what you just said. This is a grand experiment and the you know beings that are way higher dimensional than us, the Anunnaki, maybe even others, are literally allowing us to play this emergent systems game. Exactly. And so if we, again, choose, right? Because we're all, as you said, we have free will. We have the ability to choose resonance or dissonance. If enough of us choose resonance, the golden age will commence forth and they, meaning the dark forces, whatever you want to call them, the death half of the wave, the left-hand path, they will stop messing with us. They will stop creating this, you know, incoherence and, and allow us to become who you said, Matt, which we ultimately are destined likely to become. Uh, Billy, your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, you hit it right on the head. I, I believe that... Um you know, there's, we, we, live, we live in a universe where entropy rules. Everything moves from an ordered state to a disordered state. And that you can see that in financial systems. You can see that in your avatar body. You can see that in anything that's man-made. Uh, 
everything moves from an order state to a disorder state. And, uh, you know, over time, the same thing happens as we go through this yuga cycle. And so now that we're gone through a huge amount of chaos and we're coming towards this crescendo of this chaos to move back into this organized state again. So we're going to recoalesce in this organized form and move up into that golden age. And like you said earlier, all of the things necessary to, necessary to have a golden age are already here right now on this planet. Right. They are. We have the technology. We got 3D printing. We have stem cells. We have, uh, you know, the ability to regrow limbs. We have the capability of, if you have a broken or severed spine, we can transmit the frequency from your brain to a receiver on the other end of the spine and make the leg walk again. Yep. You don't even need to put the, 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 you know, the uh, nerves back together anymore. We can stop Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. We can cure cancer. We have all these things here. It's a lot of it's being suppressed. We've got the uh, zero point. We're moving forward at a drip by drip pace with these cars and vehicles still using combustion engines slash electricity, right. which electric, electric cars still use gas uh, because <laughs> they're going to the power station to get the electricity, which is running <laughs> off of fuel. You know, they got us running in circles, man. But everything is here. So all it takes is for enough resonance. Just like if you put a wine glass on the table and you sing at it, and you match the resonant frequency of the atomic structure of that wine glass, it's going to explode. Beautiful. The same thing is happening with our consciousness. Our consciousness is sending out waves of light. Those light waves will actually leave your skull. Every thought you think creates an electromagnetic wave. Those are actually waves of light. Like, like Matt said, we can't see because we only see 1% of the spectrum. Right. But those waves are going out, and those waves carry what? Frequency. Mm -hmm. But when a lot, enough of us get on that same resonant frequency, that same thought conscious frequency, we're going to shatter this illusion. And once the illusion is shattered, we're going to run right into that golden age. And uh, what I'd like to see this time, because nowhere have I ever read, I've read over a thousand scriptures, texts, cylinder scrolls, papyruses, and, and all, all these, you know, you know uh, cylinder scrolls, everything. And I've never seen where it said, you have to start over again. <laughs> right. Right. No, nowhere does it say that. So why can't we now maybe going in with knowledge this time, how can we put together a plan to sustain a golden age and not go back in this time loop again? That's the ultimate goal. Billy, I want you to go. You just said so much and you and I were talking off air and I want you to relate what you said to me off yeah. air on the show because it's so important. And you just said it. Yeah. The people right now in dissonance, right? The lower chakras, the red, the anxiety, the self-hatred, the apathy, the it's not my fault, no personal accountability. Describe to me what you told me. What is actually happening to them as this light that you just talked about, as this cosmic spiritual energy is blasting the planet, you know, as Gerald used to say from the Oort cloud. Why yeah. are they screaming and fighting and shrill? And you see them and you're like, my God, they look like they have demonic entity attachments. Yeah, what is happening to them? Well, what people have to understand is the human body is the most advanced technology that we know of not only on the planet, but that we know it from our perspective in the universe. Right. There's nothing more advanced than the human avatar body, period. We just haven't found it yet. There probably are beings out there more advanced than us with their avatar bodies, but from our perspective, what we can claim that we know, this is super advanced. But uh, our, why, why does DNA store information? DNA stores information from, from computers because it's, it, it actually works together. It's compatible, which means that if we were compatible with digital bits of information, then our body needs to get updates just like your cell phone, okay? Now, what's happening is, as we are on this arm of this galactic 
um, ring as we, as we orbit the galactic equator, the galactic, the galaxy itself is very thick, even though it looks like a thin disk, it's very thick. And our solar system undulates up and down this galactic arm. Now we come to a point right now where we are literally at the perfect line of the galactic equator shooting straight through to the galactic center, which is streaming all these high charged particles, cosmic rays and everything, all these energetic particles directly at us, directly um, interacting with our DNA and modifying and changing us. Yes. giving us updates. However, just like your cell phone if you put your, or your computer, you keep getting these updates. You, they keep telling you, you need to press this restart button so that you can actually install the updates. You we're all that. getting them, you know? Or we're getting them there. But people like us, we're clicking the restart button and we're taking the download. And then we're getting the restart and we're coming up with a new, newer advanced operating system. A lot of people are still not having put in the first update. They're 30 updates behind us. That's absolutely beautiful. And that's what you see on the streets and on the TV and all the crash, the clashing and the, and the um, animalistic, barbaric behavior. Their updates are way, they're way out of date, man. They have 40, 50 updates. They haven't even pressed the one button yet. That's the problem. Beautiful, bro. It's latent DNA not being able to be upgraded. You know, they brainwashed us to believe that that DNA, the 12 strand is junk. I mean, think of how absurd that is. And so, as you said, that energy is hitting right now. We are in the perfect, you know, translocation. And if you are open, and again, you're up here, you're just, boom, like you said, every night you wake up and you wake up during the day and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Humanity, I have all this opportunity, abundance, prosperity. But you're right. If you're not updating, oh, wow, it's, dude, that's just so beautiful. I think that it really explains. Matt, we have probably about 12, uh, 13 minutes left. Let, let, me, let me expand so on I what you said. Really I, want you to I go got a point I want to add yeah, to that. For sure. I want you to pick up from that, but then you know, I want you to like transition us into the future. I, absolutely. I want to really quickly add to what Billy said because that was brilliant. Now, let's, let's add another layer to that. What Billy said was really great. It's like we're this software that needs to be updated to constantly reach a, a higher state of uh, being effective and optimal. Now, the brilliance behind that is that update to reach a higher state is only possible if you have a certain frequency or connection. Right. So let's say, for instance, you had a cell phone that you've, you've, you bought and you, and you traveled out to the middle of the wilderness somewhere, right? Hypothetically. And you were like, 10 years go by and you're sitting there like, man, this phone is working terrible. It's so slow. And it's chugging along. Why isn't it updating? Because you have no signal. Right. Now, take that back a step for a minute. How do these updates to us, how do they occur? We are, like Billy said, we're a perfect biologically designed being. Right. Not to survive based on survival of the fittest but a perfectly designed being that has the ability to take this conscious energetic form that defines us and utilize this avatar body to allow it to reach the maximum state of energy. In ancient cultures around the world, like the Hindus, they call that Kundalini. Right. And that represents the maximum state of vibrational energy that we can obtain in our lifetime. And that, that essentially is reaching the maximum state that we can. However, the problem is that if someone is unbalanced and they, ne they never reach a higher state of vibration, even, even on Jay's chart over there, I'm talking right. basic, they can't even reach the basic states of appreciating things around them, right. treating others with respect, understanding any kind of a connection with nature and 
getting beyond the physical body and, and, and meditating, getting beyond into those types of states. If none of those things occur, it's like that antenna, they're out of reach of that signal. They don't even have the signal. The signal doesn't exist because their antenna of energy is the wrong frequency. Right. That's the way most humans on earth are, is they have been kept in this low state of vibrational frequency where this antenna that connects to all these cosmic rays, like Billy said, throughout the galactic center and connecting all throughout the multiverse, they're not getting those because they're kept in a state they don't belong in. Once human beings reach this collective state of, of recognizing that it, we're all about being these energetic vibrational beings that that have to follow these specific rules and guidelines to right. then graduate up to these next steps. Unless we can do that, we're all going to just be running around in circles here. And, it, and I think that one of the problems too is that when these things are bombarding us, these cosmic rays and higher vibrations are bombarding us right now, as the sun changes over into another state and all sure. these things are happening, what we're finding is that when people aren't in that kind of vibrational frequency to accept those updates, it just drives them crazy. Yeah, it's exactly. like getting all this energy and not knowing what to do with it. It's like, <laughs> it's like if you take a plug that's, that's plugged into the wall with like your TV or something, right? And it's not grounded. It's just flying all over the place with energy. There's no way to ground ourselves. That's the, how I see this entire, entire um, reality here. And to, to connect it, Jay, you wanted to move into the future here. Please. We're at, this, we're at this point now where there's more and more people all the time that are rediscovering or discovering this, this information and this mentality. And I get bit messages all the time. Billy gets messages all the time. I'm not sure Jay does, where people are like, man, I took some of the information you, you told me from ancient wisdom and I, I put it into my life and started practicing, practicing it. Everything in my life has changed. Exactly. My perspective has changed. My energy has changed. This is very real. It's so real that it is one of the only things that truly matters once you get beyond the basic things that we have here. We have to set our sights on understanding that if we don't reach a spiritual state with an equilibrium balance with both our earth and our, our, our consciousness, we will self-annihilate ourselves and destroy ourselves. That is inevitable. But the great, the beauty behind the system here is that our avatars and our chakras have been designed so perfectly by great creator gods in the past that wished for us to reach our highest state and break out of this illusion that it's almost inevitable that we will. That doesn't mean we just give it up and, and accept that the road we're going on doesn't require us to work hard to get there. But it means that the deck is stacked in the end. I think it's even connected far beyond Enki. I think it's connected on a, a very high cosmic level that we will achieve this higher state eventually. And it, it, it's, it's up to individuals to recognize that it doesn't matter if you're on TV or you write, wrote you know, books that are bestsellers. Everyone plays a role here. We all play a role here. And it, even on a, the most minor scale, we're all playing a part in this collective ship that's going through this cosmic ocean of reaching a higher state or destroying ourselves. Dude, so beautiful. Okay, so... I want you guys to have one, there's one last bullet I want to cover. And then I want you guys to have your final thoughts about what's important, right? We've already, I mean, this has been so phenomenal. I mean, but like, what should people do right now to just change things? But what last bullet point is, it's my question from your, your uh, topic, Matt is transhumanism and AI. 
Is there any benefit in merging technology and consciousness? I'll go to you first, Billy. You know, there are some benefits if you're looking to heal people from different types of injuries or sicknesses or diseases like blindness, loss of hearing, um, severed spinal cords, Alzheimer's, um, different types of mental conditions, okay? Uh, you know, Tourette syndrome, sure. whatever you can come up with. I think that is where it needs to be directed, but there needs to be a specific set of rules and guidelines that are put into place that aren't broken. And how do you do that when you have so many different governments able to do so many different things in, in black budgets? I think that when you get uh, this type of technology and it, it moves into, like it always does, unfortunately, into military hands, Bad news. it becomes something that can be weaponized. It becomes something uh, that can be then commercialized on a high corporate level. And then all of a sudden, you have this situation where you have potentially a new form of consciousness uh, coming out of this AI that will eventually realize, well, what do I need people for? You know, every AI robot I've ever seen on a live interview has always made a claim, either, well, I want to put humans in zoos, we, I want to annihilate the planet, I'll launch a nuclear weapon. Skynet. I'm like, yeah. wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, and this was like so random. They just, they gave these beings the opportunity to speak. And that's the first thing, you know, within the first conversation, you're already ready to get rid of people. So I think that the people that are pushing for this high-level commercial use and, and military use are really doing a disservice to us. And I think the Anunnaki even knew about this because when you analyze these ancient Sumerian tablets, you realize how advanced they were. And they were so advanced, they had the capability of creating their own artificial slaves. Why would they then take and genetically modify a biological uh, entity to make it into a slave? Why? Because I think they realized, just like when they shortened our lifespan and unplugged a lot of our DNA, we got to keep control over these people. Right. And I think they realized AI, that's going to be too hard to control. But a biological entity, we can control that pretty easily, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about it. I mean, let's, we're not getting into it because we would go rabbit hole on that. But clones, yeah. the technology has right. been around, like you said, in the ancient scripts or text yeah. from the beginning. Um, right. Matt, just a quick byline, and then let's wrap up with where we, what, what people can do right now for the future. To, to we're not going to have time for the Mayan prophecies today? Um, I mean, I could. I'm just, this guy's probably going to jump on this call in like five minutes. That's the, only other, <laughs> that's the only problem. I mean, I can email him. Why don't you just continue, and let me see if I can push him back. Okay. So I want to just expand on what Billy said. I think he's spot on. That's exactly Please. my opinion as well, is that – these types of technologies, and I, and I guess I can add one more layer onto what he said, is that if we can take away a lot of these mundane jobs that people think that they need to do that are just so low consciousness, if we can get rid of all of those things and then change the entire system, people will actually be doing things that are really beneficial towards reaching higher states and being a, a productive member of a, of a higher conscious society. I, I don't think people belong you know, flipping burgers and doing these really, really simple things. And it's not against anyone who's doing those things, but I think you're, we're not, we're better than that. We belong doing better things that allow us to reach higher states. So I think technology has a place where, and I'm sorry for anyone who's lost their job. That's important in some small little rural town somewhere to in machines that take over these, those industries. I'm sorry, but that is inevitable. That's just going to happen because of the way the technology changes. 
we are better than that. We're made for doing better things. Now, but on, on top of that, I think the danger with AI is not only can AI become self-aware and realize that humans in the state that we're in are largely like parasites in this world, causing more destruction than they are good, but they also have the ability, if we end up merging ourselves with AI technology, I think we're going to lose our, our soul conscious connection right. to this empathetic being that's connected to the earth and the, and the cosmos. It'll be like we're just a computer. And we're not going to have those deep emotional connections that really make us who we are. Right. Because in the end, emotions can take the form of anger and other things, but they can also take the form of love and true compassion. And yeah. I think that love and compassion is really what separates us out and makes us such an important part of this story. That may be the critical point of what makes us important in this entire story is that we have such deep compassion and love and, 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 and strive to do better and be better that if we're just given the right opportunity and put in the right type of environment, I think we really can achieve that. But I want to just mention that it's very, I want to be, we got to be very careful of AI. It seems like every warning has that, that has been given is, is out there and every science fiction movie, every story that we see, it seems like the idea where if you don't, create certain restrictions in place for AI, AI, it will become so self-aware that it will try to take over and destroy the ones who created it. And I think that may be, like Billy said, the greatest fear of any creator is that if you create a non-biological being, it may end up being a greater threat than a biological being. By the way, we have plenty of time because of okay, course- great. Great I would spirit. love to get to these Mayan prophecies. Oh, we really will. No, no, no. We got plenty of time. Great Spirit is monitoring this conversation. That's exactly how that happened. So, Billy, I want to go back to you um, about something that Matt just said and, and back to what you were just said, too. Like, um, love, you know, it's really love, right? Like, all we have is love as human beings. There's nothing else. Matt, you said it before, right? It doesn't matter our, our, our achievements, our books, our, our things, our material possessions, our, our monetary gains. All of that stuff is nonsense. The only thing that matters at the end, again, and when I say the end, the end of this physical avatar's, you know, uh, cessation is the love that we created, the loving memories that we had, you know, the love that we gave our children or our wives or our grandkids or, you know, anyone that came into attachment, the people that read our books, the people that watch our podcast, that's all that matters, right? So if you really think about it, you know, we get so caught up in what you just said, Matt, this AI game, this you know, technology, you know, hustle, the grind. And it's like, really what matters is like every moment that we exist, we cherish. And at that moment that we're in existence, we are attempting to, again, give and receive love. And so that, that to me is like, what is so important. And Gerald always used to say that to us, you know, you know, and he changed a lot, right? He was very cantankerous and he would like say, you know, he'd go off on his tangents and Matt would always like do a great job of pulling him back. And by the way, Matt was always so positive when Gerald and I would get in our rabbit holes of negativity. And you were so amazing to me and bringing Thanks. me to where I am now, Matt. So I, I have so much love for you. But like realistically, that's all that matters. And Billy, I'm going to ask you, this is a very important conversation. And I'm glad we didn't skip over this, but to what Matt just said, the AI is the Gates vaccination. 
This mandated vaccination that they want to give the planet, you know, to fight some mysterious pathogen that really doesn't exist. That's a whole other conversation we won't talk about. I'm not mentioning it because the algorithm will trip us. <laughs> but realistically, that's it, Billy. Yeah. If you take the chip or the vaccination or whatever it is, bye-bye humanity, bye-bye love, bye-bye emotional, bye-bye high vibration. You are now a drone, right? Isn't that yeah. really what it is? I think it's a way of reprogramming the masses globally. It's a great excuse to go in and literally inject something into you that will literally alter and modify DNA. Exactly. And uh, change those A's, T's, C's, and G's in the DNA code, yep. retranscode it again. And now they've got something maybe even in space that they can just transmit a frequency to and operate you like a puppet. Exactly. There'll be nothing you can do about it. You'll hear voices in your head. You'll be doing things that you that thought you'd never do. You'd be acting in ways you do. You, you may even be completely oblivious to the way that you're acting or, or uh, you know, it can agitate crowds. I believe that they have these things already up there. Yeah. They're sending frequencies down to where mass people gather and turn them into ravaging barbaric animals. Right. Uh, and so people can't grasp that because they don't understand how vast this illusion really is. Uh, you know, to take a quote from the Illuminati Secret Covenant, the illusion will be so vast it will escape their perception. Right. That's how big it is. And that's why, getting back to what you said, love is truly the key because love overpowers everything because love is light. Exactly. And there's no amount of darkness that can make light flee, but the smallest glimmer of light will make darkness flee. And because of that, we have to operate in light. And what, what it means is when you're operating from that heart chakra when you're projecting that unconditional love out into the universe for yourself, for others, and for service to others, it literally is creating, again, those electromagnetic waves that are going out into space-time eternally. And so all of a sudden, you have all these light waves. If everybody gets on the same frequency, all these light waves on the love frequency, the 528 hertz frequency, right. emanating out into space-time. What is that doing? That is literally creating a ripple in space-time that's going to alter the future reality in this third dimension. Right. That is the mission that we have here. Beautiful, man. Absolutely beautiful. Matt, just you f follow up with that, and then we'll, we'll do the Maya prophecies. Sure. <clears throat> I, think, I think that's really, that's really dead on. It, <laughs> it's I, so beautiful. I'm sitting here going, <laughs> This struggle here, it really is, and it's, this is what it's been called by, by many, it is a struggle of darkness versus light, okay? It's, that is very, very true. It is, and I want to get, get back to a comparison to that. Look at how they show in Star Wars. Right. Look at how they show the darkness versus the light, okay? And, and I think that this point needs to be understood better because it got a little muddled with Matrix a little bit. Right. But in, in Star Wars, which I, you know, obviously there's some elements there that are very interesting, if you, if you watch it, but in that the darkness, those who are of the darkness that are fighting with the darkness or of the darkness, they have a red lightsaber, right? And th those who are of the light either have a green or a blue lightsaber. When you look at the chart right behind Jay, you see that that has to do with chakras and the, dis the different types of vibrational frequencies right. that we will have and we will obtain. That's what this entire thing is about. It is truly a, a struggle of darkness versus light. And what does that mean? It means that there are beings or entities that want to keep us in a state of darkness and chaos to prevent us from ever reaching this higher state. If you're a being that's in fear, living in um, 
and fear and hate in all of these different aspects. You're always going to be in your most primitive state possible. That's why those specific colors were used. It's not random at all. Those colors match the visible light spectrum. Right. And so when you look at those, this is, I, I want to give this, this uh, comparison for those who don't know. I've mentioned it before, but it's truly in, incredible. On a metaphysical level, if you look outside and you happen to see, or you can create it in your own using a quartz crystal or something, but if you look at a rainbow, and that's shining down in. This is, this is true for anyone who wants to look into it. When I learned this, it completely blew my mind. If you have a rainbow shining in from the right co- you know, combination of seeing those colors, you can take a thermometer and you can measure the different colors of that visible light spectrum rainbow, and they're different. I don't know if people really know that. Right. But if you measure red, it's the warmest of all the colors and if you measure as you go along up the, the rainbow, the visible light spectrum, it gets colder. Right. That has to do with the vibration going from sluggish and slow, right? Someone who's sitting there on the couch like, oh, stupid, blah, 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 you know, I hate them. To someone who's like meditating and who's, you know, surrounded by birds chirping out in some beautiful place somewhere. That's a completely different temperature and vibrational frequency that wow. that being is taking on. That's how detail that truly gets. And that's why the chakras within our spinal cord of our body are connected through these different levels of energy. And if someone is kept in that lowest state of energy, it's literally like their antenna, their antenna is shut off and they're existing as just this autonomous being that is not connected to really any kind of a higher state. And it's like a randomness, like they're just wandering around without having any kind of an understanding of what their actions are and, and how they're impacting other people. If you see somebody that's in distress, that needs help, and you can help them, you have the choice to either help them tear them down. It doesn't matter what example it is. If you're just in a conversation with someone or whatever, you have the opportunity to say something nasty to them, not help them, or you could help them give, give them something they need, provide them with wisdom that they need to help their life and benefit them to help them grow. That's what this is all about. It's we each play a role in how this entire story truly goes. And it comes down to what kind of vibrational frequency we want humanity to live in. And I can tell you right now, if we continue in the state we're in and we don't change, I think it's inevitable that we won't make it to see what the future is. So it really matters what we do and in, in, in the path that we truly take in this, on this road. Beautiful, man. And, and like, if we don't make it, I know that I'm going to meet up with you three guys or us, you two guys. <laughs> I, I'm positive of that. Okay. So Billy, let me go to you and then Matt to you, and then we'll read the Mayan prophecies to end. What should people who watch this podcast, which has been prodigious, mm-hmm. you know, who have learned all these things that we've talked about, who kind of know where they are right now, what should people, in your opinion, do right now to manifest the highest and best reality for themselves, but then to also create that collective, um, you know, planetary consciousness, love vibration to create the golden age? Well, I think we all have to start by reprogramming ourselves. And no matter where you are, there's always room for more reprogramming from our own internal self, tapping into positive affirmations. Stop stop having negative self-talk. Stop thinking down on yourself. Stop thinking you failed. Uh, You know, stop stop all that negative talk. It directly affects your physiology, and it also programs your DNA 
and sets you up to, to accept failures. I think that we need to, to uh, you know, literally, this is why I made the song, Affirmations, so that people can learn those words and actually say them over and over and, remem and memorize them uh, because I want people to start saying, every time something negative happens, say a positive affirmation. Remember something positive in your life when something negative happens to you. Think, go back to memories that make you feel good and then also the next thing is I really do believe that meditation is a huge, huge part of the process. Uh, a lot of people think it's this spooky, mysterious thing, but in true reality, it's really going to inner space. You're taking a, a trip to inner space. You're going into yourself, which is where all the ancient texts say is where heaven's located, exactly. okay, inside of you. Uh, and so I think that people need to understand that there's all different types of meditation. Spend some time and some energy researching meditations. I like the manifestation meditation the best. It seems to really work for me. I've done a phenomenal job in my life manifesting my own realities and man manifesting my own outcomes, specifically financially for myself. It's done wonders, amazing wonders. And I think that people uh, lack the ability to understand how powerful they truly are. And when we tell you that the power is in you, no, the power is actually really in you because you have 37 0.5 trillion cells in your body, uh, billion cells, I believe, and yeah, 35.7 billion cells, and then you have 0 0.07 volts of electricity in each one of those cells. Right. You got over 2 trillion volts of electricity in one human body. <laughs> this is why the bodies were plugged into the artificial wombs in the Matrix movie to power the cities, because the, the, that's where the power is at, in us. They knew that. The true flux capacitor. That's right, man. We got it. We got the flux. And you know, we can use that flux capacitor to travel to the future too, or no the doubt. past. No but doubt. we just have been ripped away from not knowing how truly powerful we are. And when we tap into our internal power source, that's where the power comes from Reiki healing, healing with the hands. That comes from your cells. That's where the power comes for uh, Qigong, uh, you know, using Qigong and using that energy source and yeah. tapping into all those stuff, Kundalini awakening, all that's inside the human body in your human cells, tapping into that through conscious meditation, through manifestation meditations, and understanding that the way that you feel and think, go out into the universe and help the law of attraction to bring stuff to you. And when you're in a low frequency vibration in that begging, fearful, scared uh, mode, those frequencies, the universe, it just falls apart. The universe wants power. And then when it hits power to power, it links up. Beautiful. When you come in with that low frequency, it's like, man, get out of here. All we're going to send you is more low frequency stuff. You know, so I think people just need to research the power of thought, the power of frequency, the power of themselves and meditation. And also eat more energetic foods. I'm not saying you have to give up eating meat. Okay. Because right. I've met people now that can't eat certain foods that have to eat meat. Right. But saying is try to incorporate more energetic foods into your diet because that's going to help you consciously as well. Billy, that was so good. Matt, how are you going to beat that? You got it to go. <laughs> well, you know, it really, I, I like, I really like want to expand on what Billy said is um, it's a two part thing. We have to take care of this physical avatar body to allow it to reach those higher states of energy. You can't just, you know, eat endless amounts of junk food and sit around all the time and expect to reach higher conscious states. I don't care if you, if you go into meditative states and you practice some of these teachings. The entire thing, this whole structure of how you reach these optimal states of energy is a two-part thing. Right. It, it Maybe even a three-part thing. And I think that that's 
where this obsession over the Trinity comes into place. The right. Trinity, for those who don't know, is the idea that in order for us to reach our highest state, we must balance all three aspects of ourselves. And that is, we must balance our soul. We must balance um, our physical body, our brain. And, we, and then we must balance uh, our mind. And we, we can't just separate ourselves from one of those things and expect to reach a higher state. They're all part of a holistic aspect of what we must take. So people, for those who want to know, I get people ask me all the time this, I'm having a lot of trouble, you know, reaching some of those states that you talk about in, in, in those writings. It's just very difficult. It is. The first place you must start is trusting yourself. Exactly. Like Billy said, all of the answers are within you. You, everyone is different. Everyone has individual constructs that are different. There's no blueprint that we can follow that everyone's going to find the same, um, the, the same goals and the same end game. Everyone is different. Everyone's had different traumas in their life. Everyone's had, had different experiences that have shaped them. We must cleanse those traumas and move past those aspects of fear and start trusting intuition. For those who don't know what intuition feels like, let me explain it for a second. When you start to become more connected and listening to yourself, understanding that you truly are higher consciousness and that the physical body is just this avatar that's allowing you to experience this here. It's allowing consciousness to be downloaded into a program that then allows you to experience a physical reality with physical um, ramifications for your decisions. But that means that we can't get lost in the body. We have to also remember what we really are. But at the same time, you can't get obsessed with just your consciousness and then you ignore the body. As I said, all three of those things, the mind, body, and the spirit must be balanced in order for us to truly be connected in this Merkaba energy where we connect to everything around us. And so essentially what it comes down to is start trusting yourself. What intuition feels like when you start to reach these states, you start to begin to what I call hold your light, this higher state where you, where all of a sudden you reach this clarity for those who go down this path, they'll know what I'm talking about. Right. All of a sudden that fog is gone and you'll have this clarity that you've never had before information is is processed differently you view things differently yeah. once that starts happening you'll notice something that starts to occur and it's very subtle at first it's almost like a quiet whisper but it's not a voice it's like a feeling and what it means is when you're about to make a decision something whatever it is you'll often have this feeling of whether that's the right choice or the wrong choice and throughout my life i have argued that so many times i will admit it I will be wanting to do something and I will feel that it's the wrong thing to do and I'll do it and I'm wrong every time. Yep. I've, and I've challenged it hundreds of times. I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. I'm going to beat it, right? No. Intuition is always right. Always. 100% of the time is right. We have to learn to trust ourselves in these decisions. There is a higher state and there are higher connections that exist with us. We're not alone. For all those people who feel lonely and they don't have another loved one near them, understand that we're not alone. We're part of a great cosmic understanding of awareness that connects to the very roots of what created this intent, incredible mathematical spiral of perfection that is our multiverse. We are basically the, we are the conscious viewpoint and the expression that is this entire creation here in this reality expand on. We are gods living in a reality where we can die in the blink of an instant in one decision we make. So just remember, 
to listen to your own intuition, 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 and to remember that we, we are powerful beings and each one of us can achieve any state we want to, as long as we can overcome these really destructive mentalities that hold us back from that. Guys, that was both so powerful from both of you guys. I'll, let me just add a couple of things and then we'll read the Mayan codices. I have this sign up on my wall it's, and you know, I changed all my social media and everything about a year ago to J Campbell 333, right? And what does 333 mean? It means the connection between the master teachers in spirit 33 and you, which is mind, body, and spirit, which is the three trinity that you just spoke about, right? So everything you just said, I'll, I'll just end it and we'll jump into the Mayan codices because both of you guys were so eloquent and so elegant. Um, you have to claim when you do love and trust yourself, you have to claim whatever it is that you want to be right now in this very moment, right? At that highest and best. So for me, like Billy said, the affirmations is I say, I am love and I am loved and pure abundance. And that is my affirmation on every single day when I wake up in the morning, regardless of what happens, regardless of how I feel, we all have ups and downs. We're all in this third dimensional matrix. We all, we all have ego. You know, we all have to deal with these things. But if you claim what you guys just said, the recognition that you are a powerful, divine, empowered, sovereign being, and then react and serve in that way, it's just amazing. All right, let me jump into these. We're going to read some quotes from the Mayan prophecies that Matt uh, gave us. So and, let me just give a piece on that. So Jay, so people do. know what this yeah. is. So the Mayans realized that there are great cycles and just like the, the yugas with the Indus Valley civilizations and the Hindus, they realized that there were great cycles that consciousness goes through, through energy right. and that there are times where we become focused on the physical obsession and we lose track of the non-physical spiritual side of us. And that's the great conflict that occurs here. And they literally could map the heavens based on that energy and figure out what stages human, human consciousness would go through and all those different constraints that would hold them back that would fail because they recognize there are systems in place that or or there would be systems in place that would be created that would prevent that and so we're going to be reading these um several uh technically four different mayan prophecies that predict where human consciousness and where our future is going to go based on these cycles of energy and so we're going to start so jay go ahead and start us on the second mayan prophecy beautiful i will humanity finds itself in a moment of fundamental transition toward a new way of perceiving the universe, that the universe and the solar system are receiving a beam of light energy and information from the center of the galaxy, and that this is causing an increase in the vibration of the planet and the brain waves and cells of all those who inhabit it, us humans, placing us in equilibrium with this new frequency, causing enormous changes in our behavior. Hmm. Wow. Pretty I much know, exactly right? what we said, right? What we were yeah. talking about. That's, that's amazing. We literally, we're just talking about it. That's amazing. This is great. I'm glad you put this together. So I'll read the third, uh, the third and fourth mind prophecy. The processes of industrialization without ecological sensitivity have caused, with its waste, a general increase in the temperature of the planet. This will be accentuated by increased activity of the sun, caused by the energy received from the center of the galaxy creating great changes in weather and winds. There will be energy vortexes which will clean the Earth's surface, 
which are the manifestation of the conformity of our planet and the elemental energies contained in its interior. Man must cease his destructive behavior in order to synchronize with the rhythms of nature and adjust to the changes which will take the whole universe to an era, to an era of harmony. The climate changes will produce a melting of the poles, allowing the planet to be cleansed and green again, producing great changes in the physical composition of the continents. Amazing. Wow. Which, you know, you're seeing that right now, right? Yeah. It's like we're yeah. following this, this, this blueprint that's already been laid out in front of us. Yeah. And so I'm going to be ending on a, a great quote that I love from the fifth Mayan prophecy probably my favorite one. And I think this is going to speak to a lot of people about this current time that we're in and then also where we're moving to. So the fifth Mayan prophecy states, all systems based on fear will transform simultaneously with the planet and humanity to take a new step toward the realm of harmony. Systems will fail to confront humanity with itself, making us see the need to reorganize society and continue on the path of evolution, allowing us to understand creation Money will cease to be used as a form of ex exchange. A single common spiritual path will emerge for all of humanity, which will end the established limits we have set for the different ways of seeing God. The new galactic day is seen in all religions and cults in an era of peace and harmony for all of humanity. The new era of light cannot allow for a humanity based on a military economy, which imposes truths by force. Wow. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Billy Carson, if someone wants to work with you, pick up your amazing books, you know, your music. I mean, you're, you are a true eclectic master. What is the best way for them to connect with you, brother? The best way is to go to forbiddenknowledge.com with the number four. So four B I D D E N knowledge forbiddenknowledge.com. You can get access to my music, my books, compendium of the animal tablets. And now my second book that's out right now, uh, woke doesn't mean broke. And we're combining yeah. spirituality with how to navigate the financial matrix. And of course, Forbidden Knowledge TV, which is my own TV network, Forbidden Knowledge TV. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> and uh, it's on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV, as well as, of course, the iOS app and Android apps on Google Play. Amazing. And Matt, what's the best way for people to get connected with you? Thanks, Jay. Um, I just want to say I truly appreciate both of you and I really appreciate everyone that supports my work. This is, this is a passion project. This is, we're, we're doing this because we truly care about what happens now and in the future. And like Billy says all the time, all that matters is what's happening right now. Not, not in the past, not in the future, in this very, very moment. Now space. So it's, I truly appreciate everything that everyone's doing for that moment. Um, for people who want to find my work, uh, I have a YouTube channel you can find at Matthew LaCroix. Uh, my website is thestageoftime.com that I like to inclu include as many ancient texts and timelines that I can. Um, and I just released the audio, full audio for the stage of time. So check that out. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to releasing the Epic of Humanity with Billy in the future. Yes. Beautiful, man. Both of you guys, um, this is the new Decoders of Truth. If I didn't mention that at the beginning of the podcast, I'll actually edit that in. But um, guys, I mean, honestly, I really don't have words. This has been phenomenal. I think that not egoically, but a lot of humanity who are, who's blessed enough to watch this transmission is going to get great benefit because I think we all 
collectively vibrated our highest and best. And um, there was just a lot of answers. You know, I think we answered a lot of questions in this broadcast and I think it's phenomenal. And obviously it's going to come out towards the end of this year, going into 2021, which all three of us are doing our highest and best to manifest as a golden age. So again, tremendous love, tremendous light sent to all, both of you guys. And of course, just this collective vibration. And I'll just say to everybody that will be watching this, please support these amazing people, go to their websites, go to Billy's website, forbiddenknowledge.com, go to Matthew LaCroix on YouTube and also the stage of time. And remember, raise your vibration to optimize your love creation. We will see you guys very soon.